guys and welcome to Taylor's Life. Today I'm joined by Chloe. Now Chloe is a virtual friend. I found her on the Instagram and I literally loved her page and I love everything she stands for. So she basically raises awareness for all things invisible and I really, really was intrigued. So I wanted to find out a little bit more. So without further ado, let's welcome Chloe to the Taylor's Life podcast. Hello Chloe and welcome. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Honestly, when I came across your Instagram, I was like, you are the perfect person to get on the podcast because you share a lot about your own sort of story and raising awareness about IBS and IBD and everything like that. So tell me a little bit about you. What do you do in your spare time and what do you do for work as well? In my spare time, I am big into my fitness. So I do CrossFit. I know that you've kind of talked about that in previous podcasts with some of your other guests. So yeah, that's kind of my biggest hobby outside of work. And then for work, I work in HR. Um, So my job is predominantly at home. So kind of obviously we'll probably come on to this, but that has literally been an absolute godsend for me with my chronic illness, like working from home, don't have to go into the office. It's just amazing. I'm really intrigued in like your CrossFit journey. So when did you get into CrossFit? Because CrossFit is something people do for like a long time, isn't it? Yeah, I got into CrossFit before lockdown. So I think it was like 2019. I kind of just fell into it, to be honest. I've always been into fitness, keeping fit, but I just got bored of the commercial gym, you know, just going in, putting heavens in the training. CrossFit is all about the community. So, you know, I'll go to the gym just to see my friends and we'll just have a chat and work out. And yeah, you just just got addicted to it really but obviously in lockdown it was pretty difficult couldn't really yeah couldn't really do much um so yeah I've been doing it for a few years now um and yeah go for the social (laughs) (laughs) I love that I love that that's one thing I do love about going to the gym is like I could talk to people but the problem is when I do want to go to the gym for like a session do you know what I mean I'm just like don't talk to me but my problem is I can talk for wheels so if I'm there I'm just like I'm not gonna get any exercise actually done now because I was just talking always there for like two hours my partner's like how can you spend so long at the gym but it's actually like 40 minutes of working out and then like an hour of just chatting (laughs) Uh, but yeah that's um yes really good Amazing. And before we get into your chronic condition, what were you like growing up? So like, when were your symptoms showing? Um, So I was diagnosed with celiac disease when I was two. Um, So I don't really remember too much about kind of the diagnosis. But that for the people that don't know is also an autoimmune disease. So I've always had like, you know, a dodgy stomach. But I'd always just put it down. Oh, it's, you know, it must be related to my celiac disease. And maybe sometimes it was related to my celiac. Um, But it wasn't until I think like 2015 is when I actually started to get much worse symptoms. And I thought this isn't normal. I should probably go and have this checked out. It's probably something kind of not celiac related. Um, So, yeah. I wasn't actually diagnosed until 2021 um, with IBD, but it kind of 
started from kind of 2015 that's when kind of things changed for me and when you say ibd so what is the difference between ibd and ibs so i know a lot of people get these two confused um especially kind of on social media and things so ibs from you know i'm not a medical professional but um IB, ibs is more symptomatic and i think it can be controlled with diet um and ibd is chronic so that's actually inflammation of your gut um so something that can't be kind of cured with diet um that's the difference that i'm aware of obviously that's probably not the best medical <laughs> differentiation but um, I think the symptoms are so, so overlapping that people do just get them confused. I can um, imagine. So yeah. thank you for explaining that to me, because even as somebody who's going through a chronic condition myself, sometimes I'm just like, well, I'll give you all my symptoms, but it definitely does sound like IBS, but I can tell you now it's not her. Like, it's yeah. one of those things. So without, like, you can go into as much detail as you want to, but what happens when you have like how do you feel when you have a flare-up because with like ulcerative colitis and, and everything like that like I found with myself like a flare-up can almost come out of nowhere so does a flare-up come out of nowhere for somebody with IBD yeah definitely I mean I think for me and I think for a lot of people stress is a massive um kind of influence and cause of flare-ups but I mean for me Kind of when I was diagnosed in 2021, I was pretty much in a flare up until September 2022. And then since then, I've kind of been in remission. So I haven't had like a sporadic flare up as such. Um, but it's just so unpredictable. You know, you can think that you're doing better one day and then the next you'll be like in crippling pain, stomach cramps, you know, going to the toilet more. I think that that's something that people don't necessarily understand you know they might see you one day and think oh you're, you're doing fine like we hung out literally yesterday and then the next day you're in bed going I can't sorry I can't come I've got to cancel and people don't quite understand that you know it can just come out of nowhere yeah um, it's just so difficult to navigate it's a cancel all plan sort of thing and one thing that I like it really annoys me and I'm going to tell you as somebody who has like a chronic condition as well and you've probably experienced it before when somebody says you'll get better soon I just like I don't think you understand what chronic means <laughs> yeah it's like are you feeling better it's like yes but it doesn't go away it's almost like the comment as well that kind of gets me is like oh you're looking well or you're looking better and it's like I might look better but it's not gone away. It's still inside of me. And it's that's something I really struggle with is people saying that, you know, you look well. And that's kind of why like, I love the Instagram so much is because I'm trying to get across that, you know, we as chronic illness sufferers quite often look fine, but that doesn't mean that we're not kind of suffering on the inside, you know? Yeah, definitely. I really, really feel that. And it's something that like, yeah it's worth sharing online because otherwise people probably will just misjudge you for like feeling completely 100% and I think with a chronic condition especially I don't think you'll ever feel like 100% in yourself like there's days at work I'll go into work feeling all good but I might be halfway through the day and I'll be like 
you know, you know what? Today's not the day. And like, that's why I guess like working from home must have been a godsend for you. So what were you doing before you started working from home? Were you like doing an office job? Yeah, so I used to work for the NHS, um, still in HR, but I used to go into the office five days a week. Um, and then when lockdown came, like most people kind of got sent home and I've been at home ever since. Um, have moved jobs since um, then. So I've kind of had to navigate starting a new job with um, and kind of telling new bosses, which has been difficult. But um, yeah, like working from home, I think obviously one of the biggest difficulties I think with IBD in particular is like the toilet anxiety everyone talks about right so being at home is just like you know even if you're in a meeting you can sometimes just shoot off camera and like run to the toilet or you know you always know that that safety net is there um, and even little things like having a hot water bottle on my lap in a meeting or like wearing comfy clothes like when you're in a flare-up it's just yeah it's helped me so much I get that completely and it's really interesting how you've like switched from being in the office five days a week to now working from home full time and like yeah I totally get the toilet anxiety like oh my gosh I just remember so when I was in my first year of uni my symptoms started to show but I was shared a house and I didn't have like my own bathroom or anything and I was like no now this is so like not it <laughs> and like yeah I really really feel you and yeah I'm really really happy that you're able to work from home and feel comfortable and everything like that so did you change your job because of your um condition then like I would just be interested to hear that no, I didn't actually. It was just completely um, kind of a random change in from kind of, uh, yeah, public sector to private sector. Um, you know, my manager was great in my previous job. You know, she was so, so supportive. Um, I don't think she fully understood the difference between IBS and IBD, but, you know, as on the whole, she was really, really supportive. And my new company is you know, equally as supportive, but it wasn't a change because of my IBD, but it is always really difficult, I think, navigating a new job and kind of, right, when's the best time to tell your manager, you know, how are they going to take it? Are they going to accept it? Um, for me, I opened up really soon to starting my new job. I think I just wanted them to know from the start that this is something I have and this is something that you know, is going to impact me in work. And they luckily took it really well. That's amazing. Do you know, there's something that I do. And like, I don't know, I'm a very forward person when it comes to everything. So um, I just put it on my CV. I was like, um, going through a diagnosis of X, Y, and Z or whatever. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, if they've got a problem with it, then they won't interview me. So I put it out there already. And like, I applaud you for just going like right in and being like, listen, this is what I got. Because at the end of the day, you're still going to do the job. You're still, you're still going to do what you're hired for. It's just a separate thing that they should just be slightly mindful of. Have you yeah, ever definitely. had a bad experience with an employer with your condition? So I only got, so I've been in two employers since being diagnosed. I'd say they've both been really helpful. I think 
the, you know the comment I made earlier around like oh you're looking well I think what that is probably one of the kind of negatives of being at home is that they couldn't necessarily see how I was actually feeling I think if you're in the office you could kind of see that you know if you were in pain or you were struggling with um fatigue so I wouldn't say that they you know I've struggled with any of my employers but I think that you know it's difficult with IBD I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand what it's like so it's trying to help people understand you know look, I might look fine but um or you know I might start the day and then have to log out because fatigue just gets too much or um you know talking to them about side effects of medication for example and trying to get them to understand that you know you, yeah like the days that I take my injections I might have to log out if I get a side effect so yeah I haven't had a bad experience I'd say but it it is just difficult yeah. to you know make sure they kind of understand the implications of kind of the disease yeah I get that completely you started showing um quite severe symptoms like a change in your sort of celiac um sort of schedule I guess to um you're ha- having your IBD and then there was a six year period where you were going through a diagnosis now I'm not gonna lie six years is a long time like a really long time so what happened in that time were you just not listened to so I actually lived in technically remission, I guess, for a long time without knowing. So in 2015, I was being seen by the IBD team, um, had a flexible sigmoidoscopy because um, I was showing kind of blood in my stool. They were they said that I had inflammation. Um, they wanted to do a colonoscopy, um, which is a camera test that kind of shows further up. Um, they were going to take a number of biopsies. Um, strangely enough they gave me some medication in the interim to help the inflammation so when I had the colonoscopy it showed up clear and they discharged me said it's not IBD Um, they called it self-limiting colitis which essentially is like a short-term acute inflammation that will just go away on its own Um, so they discharged me and that was that was it for six years symptoms kind of came and gone but I you know, in my head, I thought that they, they've discharged me. They've ruled out IBD. It can't be anything. I just have, this is just something that I've got to live with. It's it's normal almost. And, you know, it, it wasn't to the extent, you know, it wasn't bad enough until 2021 for me to go, I need to go back to the GP. This is, this is not normal. Um, so I kind of just lived for six years um, thinking that it was fine. Um, and then in May 2021, uh, no, March 2021, sorry, I had really bad flare up. Um, and that's when I got kind of back in touch with my GP, was referred back to the IBD team. Um, and yeah, funnily enough, I actually spoke to the same professor um, that I had six years ago. So um, he didn't apologize but for getting it wrong, but <laughs> he did remember um, me from looking back at the notes. Um, and yeah, then after a number of kind of further tests, more colonoscopies and things, that's when they actually confirmed that it is IBD and it probably was, definitely was IBD the whole time, um, which oh. is crazy to think. 
I literally cannot find the words because it literally hurts that like every person I've ever spoken to with some sort of bowel chronic condition has always gone to the doctors and there's a period where it's just like you're just gonna have to live with it it's normal it's definitely not normal like I remember telling my boyfriend so not like we were together um for about two years by this point and I just said something in passing about going to the toilet and he was like what do you mean and I he was like that's not normal and I went what do you mean it's not normal went to the doctors about it and then they said that it was normal and I was like I just I just don't think so and then about a year and a half passed and I was like you know what like this is getting too uncomfortable to live with like even people from work was like you just go home to work because you know you're back and forth to the toilet all day it's just not comfortable for you and then I went to the doctors and they were like you should have come in sooner I was like well I had done and then they told me it was normal but it's just one of those things like no matter how many times you feel like you go to the doctors whatever they just make you feel so small and then there's just this one person who's like actually maybe we'll look into it a bit further or we'll do a different test and everything like that and it just takes that one person to actually diagnose you it's crazy yeah medical gaslighting is is real you know even when I went back in 2021 um and you know I had the stool sample and it showed inflammation the GP had referred me um to gastroenterology um for colonoscopy and they rejected it they said it wasn't bad enough um and I'll never forget this one doctor that was on duty that called me up and she said you know this is wrong like you are in that kind of bracket that is, you know, possible IBD, you know, your symptoms aren't normal. Um, so she pushed and sent the referral to a different hospital. Um, and that's how I kind of got my colonoscopy, which confirmed that it was IBD. But even at that point, you know, the tests were showing that I had, um, it was the calprotectin test that was showing information and still they were going, no, you, you know, it's not bad enough. I didn't even realise it had to turn medical gaslighting, but, you know, it does sum it up, doesn't it? Yeah. But how many times had you had, like, tests done? So how many, like, colonoscopies had you gone through to get your diagnosis? Um. So back in 2015-16, I had a fle- uh, flexible sigmoidoscopy and a colonoscopy. And then it was just one colonoscopy um, in May 2021, which kind of confirmed it. I've had um, about three or four flexible sigmoidoscopies since, like during my flare up um, to kind of check why things weren't getting better. But yeah, I was lucky enough to just get it confirmed after that first one, but it did take a lot of pushing to actually get me there. Um, You know, the fact that they rejected it, it was just, crazy and I know the NHS is really busy but you know this is why it takes so long I think for people to get diagnosed and people are just you know just getting on with it because unless you really push for it you're just not getting the care that you need absolutely and I think that's right like you literally have to push so hard for it at the moment I know the NHS is really struggling but they really do make you think like you're symptoms have to be the worst they've ever been to even be 
considered for any help and it's really really upsetting it really is that so many people are going through that 2015 anyway I was referred via the cancer pathway so it was like two weeks you need to be seen it's absolutely urgent um and I you know I I remember seeing the consultant and he was absolutely horrified that you know he had this 21 year old girl that had been urgently referred on the cancer pathway when he said you know I can tell you that it's not that, you know, we do need to investigate it, but, you know, they shouldn't have scared you like that. So it's almost like the complete opposite as well. Um, It's just quite a long time to just be feeling like just totally uncomfortable. I think that's the only word you could describe it. Like at the moment, I'm not on any sort of medication and stuff. And like, you know, you mentioned earlier about how stress is a huge factor, but when your health is already bad and then you're stressing about your health even more, your flare up gets worse and it's just like a vicious cycle, isn't it? Yeah, like you just think, can they not give you something in the interim or, you know, they must, you can't just be suffering. So that, that is just crazy to me. Um, but, you know, you're definitely not the only one. I think just so many people are just suffering, um, waiting for the care. Absolutely. And I think the only reason I was even considered for any help is because I've got an identical twin sister and she's gotten her diagnosis, but she's been showing symptoms. Oh my, she started showing symptoms when she was about 13 years old and she was only on medication when she was 21, 22. So she was showing symptoms for so long and they kept on saying, it's stress, it's stress, change your diet, do this, do that. And my sister was like, listen, like, this is not right. And like, being a female who's young, like you said, you were 21, like, being a young female going into a medical field, being like, normally with men, like, I've only really been seen by men. And the one person who was like, right, we need to do something about this was a woman. And I think that says a lot. But um, nonetheless, you know, she pushed for so so long and every single time it was just like not good enough so when I went to the doctors I went listen my identical twin sister has just been diagnosed with ulcerative colitis like the likelihood of me having it is next to none I gave them all my symptoms everything like that and this lady was like yeah this is like not good is it but it's just really difficult to sort of navigate life when you don't know when a flare-up is gonna happen so how do you navigate life you mentioned earlier about running and stuff like how do you manage training crossfit work in amongst being a chronic illness warrior i think over the last kind of couple of years i've really learned to listen to my body um and you know realize that it is okay to rest so exercise is a massive part of my life but I know now that I sometimes do have to just take a day off you know if I'm feeling exhausted or if I am um, you know just having a bad day that you know I can take a day off and it's not gonna you know impact me long term and yeah I think that that's kind of one of the big things that I've learned is just to listen to my body and just be open as well um you know with work as well um just being really kind of open with how I'm feeling if I'm having kind of a bad day and that yeah it's just listening to your body 
um I used to kind of push through it but I've I've learned now that actually you know this is chronic it's not going to go away and sometimes you know you do have to just take a step back yeah absolutely and I think that's really really great advice like listen to your body like when you're say for example training for anything or when you've got like a gym class booked or whatever you can just you just at least I think and I used to think like oh like it's not gonna hurt but it's actually doing more damage trying to push through the sort of pain you're in than just taking the day off and just relaxing and looking after yourself like I feel like self-care mentally and physically is so so important like we talk a lot about like you know if you have a cut like you'd fix it or you'd go and put like a bandage on it but like nobody ever talks about like chronic conditions and like how self-care is basically that sort of bandage if you know what I mean and like with mental health like sharing your stories and how you're feeling that's like that bandage again and before like we close up or anything are you working on anything exciting regarding your IVD journey or yeah have you got anything exciting coming up um so the first week of December is Crohn's and Colitis Awareness Week so I always like to do something for that last year I um created a video it was really really great um involved so many people from the chronic illness community so I don't have anything specific lined up yet but that week I know you know on the Instagram community we try and raise awareness every day but that week I think is a special week that you know we all go out of our way to kind of share our stories and kind of raise awareness so that's coming up um definitely going to do something for that um I do find you know when I'm in remission I kind of think oh I don't know what to post but actually you know there is just so much that can be shared and awareness is always um able to be kind of spread via social media and Instagram and things so yeah looking forward to that week that's amazing I can't wait to see your post and I think as well like the Crohn's colitis IBD IBS all of the sort of community they're just so sort of close-knit because they all have this shared sort of understanding I'm really really excited to see what you've got lined up because I really think that your page is incredible and I really am so happy you came on this podcast and what I'm actually going to do and I've never done this before I'm actually going to reschedule my podcast so this podcast goes out that week so um I'm going to do that so yeah that will be absolutely amazing and have you got anything else to add before we close up I don't think so I guess just my advice to everyone you know if you're going through something just you know yourself you know your body advocate for yourself I think you know so many times we're just kind of listening to what the medical professionals say you know you're fine you're normal but you know yourself and if you think something is wrong just keep pushing it can be really hard to advocate for ourselves but you know we have to to get you know to get the care that we need um and yeah for anyone that is suffering it does get better you know I was in a flare-up for such a long time and now I'm in remission so there is light at the end of the tunnel and it might seem so awful at the time like it's never going to end but yeah it does 
No, that's such amazing advice. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And again, I'm really looking forward to your journey. And I think that is like great advice. Like there is light at the, every tunnel, like at the end. So yeah, I'm really, really excited and happy that you've been on my podcast. So thank you, Chloe. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Thank you so much. And I'll catch up with you soon. Bye guys.